but it's talking about David. How many of you remember the story of David and Goliath? Come on. David, in, in, uh, David in, in, in this moment, David was a, a pretty young boy, probably a young teenager, and he's facing what could be probably the biggest loudmouth, trash-talking big guy you could possibly ever imagine, a big, big, big bark, and he was a scary dude, and he had intimidated uh, most of the people uh, of Israel, and the armies were scared, and with their armor and their weapons, they had backed down as he mocked God, and he mocked God's people. This scripture says that when David arrived on the scene as a young boy, it says, then it happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David, that David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet the Philistine. How many of you, are, are, how many of you can, can uh, admit to me right now, if you were in David's shoes and 12 or 13 or 14 years old, and there was a guy that was seven or eight feet tall who had intimidated an entire army that you would have not necessarily run straight towards the battlefield. Come on, the battle line. David did it. But what I want to talk to you about today is kind of, that's the basis of it. On Wednesday night, we talked about running towards the roar. And today, I want to talk about running towards the difficult things. How many of you know there's some difficult things that we're facing right now? Anybody? Anybody face some difficult things in the last couple of months? and anticipating some difficult things. Well, I'm going to get right to the chase. Genesis 127 says this. Or I'm sorry, uh, 127 says this. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. We are actually created in the image of the creator. And I want you to think about this. God's grand finale of creation, as we close out the first chapter of Genesis, he goes from light. He, he creates light from darkness. He begins to form the earth. He, he uh, uh, begins to form the waters and the land. And he begins to do all of the things that we read through Genesis. And then he creates the animals and they begin to inhabit the earth. But God's grant, how many of you have ever been to a fireworks show, 4th of July? I know this year I think it's canceled, but uh, <laughs> that was a, that's a downer. Um, but how many of you have been there and you've seen the grand finale? How many of you know that we're all waiting for the grand finale? After about the first three minutes, you're kind of like, okay, another purple one, right? Another gold one. There's like 12 of them that's happened so far. But the grand finale is the artist's masterpiece in that moment. God closes out creation by creating you and me. We are the signature of the artist. We are the creator's greatest accomplishment. And what made us special greater than the animals, greater than the earth, greater than light itself, greater than the stars in the heaven, greater than the waters that cover the sea, greater than all of that. What made us unique is that we have this extra asset, this extra characteristic. And that extra characteristic is you were created in his image. Think about that. You were created in his image. So you were actually created in the image of a creator, which means you are creative yourself. Listen, oh, that's only one person. Y'all are gonna get excited when I get to this. Hold on, you're gonna get it, I promise you. So you actually have the ability to create. You may not be able to fling more stars into the heavens, but you have the creator living on the inside of you and you were created in his image. Which means when we run in, 
to the difficult places and get out of the safety of our comfort zone, we actually run into voids and vacuums and darkness. And because of who we are and because we are created in the image of a creator, we can actually begin to create change in a moment that seems difficult or impossible. We do it not because of the fabric of what we're made of in flesh and bones. We're able to do it because the spirit of the living God is living on the inside of us. Do you know the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, I'm going to talk in more modern terms, the same living force that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling within you and I? But as racism is, is, is becoming more of a prevalent topic, we know it's been going on forever. We know that people have turned a blind eye and the systematic racism and the stuff that's been happening and the atrocities throughout the years, the hundreds and hundreds of years of history that we have as a nation of looking at people and treating them differently because of the color of their skin. How many of you know that's a reality? We can look at that, whether you're black, white, yellow, purple, doesn't matter, poor, rich, you can look at that and say, that's too difficult, too sensitive of a topic during this time. We can look at the political landscape and we can say to ourselves, oh, you know, they won't talk to me because I voted for this person or she won't talk to me because I won't vote for this person or this or that or begin to divide and, and to change uh, even the status of relationships with one another. People are unfriending people because of the letter on their voter registration card. Come on, this is the times, the darkness, the, the amount of difficult situations we're surrounded with. It feels like it's better to stay at home and stare at Netflix than it is to actually have a conversation with somebody because you're so afraid of offending them, not saying the right thing, not being there in that moment. And people are so sensitive to everything going on right now. And the situations around us are more and more dire. Let me tell you what happened in the last couple of weeks. And I'm not bragging on myself because it was just a God moment. But a couple of weeks ago, I was at UTC Mall, and a protest began to break out over the murder of George Floyd. And how many of you know it was a murder? Come on. It was an assassination. It was a cold, calculated murder by a guy who needs to, well, we won't go there, all right? But we, we were, I was at UTC Mall, probably looking for more shoes, and um, come on, help me out here. Anybody like shoes? And, and um, just walking around. And, and there, a protest began to happen. And they were getting ready to march. And I ran in at the same time to Sheriff Tom Knight. And, and I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But there was a moment there where I had a decision. I looked around the room and there or outside there was maybe 200 people there. I only knew about two of them. They didn't know me. I, I, I kind of have the wrong skin color to necessarily lead the thing. Come on, let's be real. I believe that the leaders of this movement need to come within the black community. I'm just going to say that right now. You all agree with me? Carolyn, you agree with me? Where is she at? There she is. Um, but I, I was there, and, I'm, and my pastor credentials don't get me anything out there. It was a mostly 20-something-year-olds, extremely angry, rightfully so, extremely frustrated, rightfully so, mad, ticked off, chanting all sorts of stuff, getting ready to march, angry, upset, feeling let down and disappointed by anything and everybody. It was a real palpable situation. I thought to myself, I can get in my car and go home. And no one would know. And that would be easy because it takes me about 22 minutes to get home from UTC Mall down to Venice. And I could be sipping my Coke Zero watching the television show and not care about what's going on here. But something inside of me said, boy, 
you have the creator living on the inside of you. And there's a situation getting ready to go down. You've got sheriff's department over here. You've got a group over here that is rightfully angry and frustrated and very upset, chanting F the cops, and all cops are B words, and all sorts of things going on. And you could feel the potential for escalation, for violence, for for all sorts of stuff. I could feel it in the atmosphere when I was there. And something inside of me rose up and said, yeah, you may not look like you belong here. You're not 20-something, Right? You don't, you, don't, you, you don't look like you belong here. You're a pastor. What do you think you have a right to do here? And something inside of me said, right now, I'm going to put you in a moment in this time to face something very difficult, very hard, very emotional, extremely charged atmosphere. And in a matter of minutes, in a matter of minutes, I had made my way into this group of 200 and got a chance to begin to speak. And I actually got... It didn't have to really coax, but kind of coaxed. Sheriff Tom Knight, the sheriff of our county, invited him into the center of these 200 people that he is target number one. That's why they're there. And he began to speak, and they began to speak. And it started with shouting, and it ended with handshakes and hugs. Now listen to this. I'm, I'm, I'm not bragging. I just wanted to show you what happens when you realize that you were created to run towards the hard things, okay? Not take the easy way. You were created to run towards the hard things. Do you hear me? And so there, there was this moment. And so fast forward, in a matter of two days, we had the four leaders of the protest group who I've become friends with, Elena, Sean, they're all CJ and Angel. One of them, CJ, was actually arrested that night because he had a warrant out for his arrest, and they didn't even cuff him to take him to the county and immediately let him out because they wanted to make sure that they were there to support what was happening during that march. Come on, do you know how big of a deal that is? And he showed up knowing he was going to be arrested, but showed up because he wanted to make his voice heard. And I I want to say this. I know I'm all over the place for a moment, but I'm really fired up here today. I want to tell you this. Uh, Whether you know it or not, there is a young generation who has been tagged and who has been named and who has been all sorts of stuff. But we have another great civil rights movement happening right now. Do you hear me? And we as the church are not going to do like we did in the 50s and the 60s and be 20 years behind the civil rights movement. We as the church and God's people need to be leading the charge, partnering with community people, people that may not look like us, think like us, talk like us, and join together in human unity and not just trying to keep peace but make peace. Amen? So in two days' time, I want to tell you this testimony. Thank you. Y'all can beep your horn. That's good. Thank you. Uh, In two days' time, in 48 hours, I had four people that were angry, rightfully so, extremely upset with police officers, getting ready to plan a protest and picket and who knows what else at the police quarters uh, downtown at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday. 10 a.m. that morning before the protest, we met at Robert Elts. Robert L. Taylor Community Center, and I was able to facilitate. I didn't, I didn't make it happen. They, they made it happen, but I was able to facilitate bringing Sheriff uh, Tom Knight and Chief Bernadette DePino from the Sarasota Police Department to the table with four protest leaders, the four main protest leaders, where they began to talk about change in our community where they began to decide how they were going to protest and what it would look like. That day at 3 p.m., the police department of Sarasota 
actually not only let them protest without a permit and walk down the roads and not just the sidewalk, they actually blocked the streets for this protest group. They blocked the streets and led it with an undercover car that they used for sting operations. Y'all out there, I'll tell you what it looks like because some of y'all might, you know, just need a little heads up, all right? It's a gold truck. If you see an old beat-up gold truck, do not do anything with it, okay? Um, but it was a gold truck that led the way with cases of water from the police department on ice for the protest group that two days ago was screaming, F the cops, and all cops are B-I-T-C-H-E-S's. Do you understand that when the kingdom of God comes, that difficult situations and impossible things become possible and that hard things become things that just seem like, yeah, this makes sense? Elena, the main group leader, has become friends, real friends, with the chief of police in the last two weeks of our city. Whereas they're calling each other for advice about their kids. A five foot three blonde white woman who's a chief of police, friends with this um, African American girl who's also a mom, probably in her 30s, who was leading a protest group. That group has not had a single escalated incident of violence or looting or any of the things that they're labeled, and they're being heard, and they're already beginning to see changes take place in our local law enforcement. And the only other major group in town, because of the press that this group has gotten, because that they've done things right and they're actually getting things done and they're getting sat at the table, the other group in town that's more prone to violence has actually stopped anything violent because they don't want to look bad because the group, come on, you see what I'm talking about here. When God's kingdom comes to earth through you and I, it doesn't take Pastor Dan. It could take Bob, Steve, Jane, Mary. Every single one of you out here can be a part of running towards the hard things. Now, I want you to raise your hand if you have a hard situation in your life right now that you'd like to run away from. Beep your horn if you have a hard situation in your life that you'd like to run away from. The rest of you are lying. We're going to preach on that next week, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm getting away from this because I just want to finish with this. We were created for the hard things. We were created to run towards things that are difficult. We were created to run into situations that seems impossible. Because let me tell you this. There's a scripture that says faith without works is dead. And so we oftentimes quote that, and we think that in order, I'm going to close with this. Just pay attention to this thought. In order for us, our faith to like have value, we think we have to do something in order for God to be happy with us. You're missing the point of that scripture. Faith without works is dead. I'm going to explain to you what that means. It doesn't mean that you have to do works in order to be saved. It doesn't mean that you have to do works in order for God to love you. It doesn't mean you have to even do works for God to bless you. What he's done for you, he's done for you regardless if you sit at home every day or you get out there and you're a champion for love and hope and peace in our community. You get the same access to God as anyone else. The difference is your life, your journey will never be fully alive unless you understand who you are and out of the essence or the, the understanding of who you are, you begin to put works to who you are. I want to put it this way. You don't have to work in order to become. We put works to who we are. 
So it's about being and not doing. And when you be who God created you to be, and when you allow the creative power of God that's inside of you to compel you to run towards the difficult things and and not just stay in the easy things, you'll find out that that creative power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, will compel you to act, and that works will bring life to your faith. So if you're depressed, how many of you struggled with depression ever in your life? You don't have to say you're doing it now. How many of you ever struggled with anxiety in your life? All the drugs in the world, they might help here and there. They might assist you. They might regulate you. They might do, I'm not speaking against that. I know people have to do it. There's been times in my life where I've needed help before. But I'm going to tell you right now, the greatest thing you can do to pull yourself out of worry, anxiety, fear, any of that stuff is to begin to put works to your faith. In other words, find the difficult things. Know that you're a king, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're a priest, you are holy, you are righteous, you have the power and the spirit of God inside of you, and run to this dead center of the difficult things and allow what's inside of you to begin to create light in dark places. And if you'll do that, I'm telling you, you'll realize it's been a while since I've been anxious. It's been a while since I've been depressed because you're going to feel dead and you're going to feel dull and you're going to feel like you're not accomplishing anything in life is all, if all you have is faith. Faith without works is dead. You get it now? You get me? I've never felt more alive in the last two weeks than I ever have before, and I played just a tiny part. I just kind of set the ball up on the tee, and the rest of them have participated and knocked it, you know, 300 yards down the fairway. I just played one little part. But how many of us are sitting here right now and could use some purpose, could use some direction, could use some life breathe into us? And what better time than in the middle of mass chaos breaking out across our world and nation, where governments are shutting down, where businesses are closing their doors, where the economy is crashing and going up and down, where people and hatred seems to be at an all-time high. What better a moment in history to run to the difficult things than right now? Come on. Will you stand to your feet with me? I'm going to finish right there. Amen? How many of you hear this and feel like this is a message and a word for you? How many of you guys out there in your cars? Amen. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you that you created us in your image. We thank you that we are in your likeness. We thank you that we carry the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling within us. And God, we may not feel bold. We may not feel strong. We may not feel smart enough or qualified enough. But God, if any of us waited on that, we've been waiting that we'll be waiting for the rest of our lives. But God, we know that because you are inside of us, we know who we are. And so we're not about doing, we're about being. But when we are who we are, God, we will see difficult, dark things begin to change and shift. We will mark humanity with who you are and what you are. And God, we thank you that you're the fruit of your spirit is love and joy and peace. And all of the things that our world so desperately needs right now is the fruit of who we are. And so God, as we live our lives, let the world around us begin to just glean from who we are and get the joy they need and get the peace they need and get, uh, Father, the love that they need and get the long suffering that they need. Someone that will breathe with them. Lord, let them receive all, God, that they need in this moment of time and that we would be the answer to the dark and difficult things. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's say amen together. Can we do that? Amen. Okay, so we're going to do online Wednesday night at 7 o'clock and next week, as long as the weather's good, which we're, we're believing every week will be, we'll be right back here, same place, same style, same channel, and uh, we're excited to see you. This is what we're going to do. If we could have you guys over there to my right, kind of just move a little bit. 
Um, you guys that are in the cars, if you look to your left, there's a gentleman in a white shirt and a gentleman in a plaid shirt. They're going to guide you right out. We're going to start with the first row. We love you. Bless you. We're going to go row by row. So let's do the first row first, and then we'll do the second row, and we'll get you out very quickly. Starting from my right, your left, the blue Nissan. That'll start the way, and you'll follow right behind him. God bless you. We'll see you next week, and see you online Wednesday night.